Oh, Father, I thank you that not only are you here in this place like we've been singing, but you are real and you're relevant to everything we're facing, everything that's going on in our lives. And right now, I release, God, your supernatural power. God, I release your provision. I release your protection. I release your breakthrough, Lord, into this room. Lord, into different people who who are represented, Lord, in this room that need your power. God, that you are working, God, even though we don't see it. Father, I thank you that you're going to speak so clearly. Lord, we need to hear from you. We need your direction. We need you to move in our lives, God. So we ask for change. We ask for transformation. We thank you that you are going to release, Lord, a fresh a fresh thing in this room. God, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give God a praise offering? Come on, like you're actually excited about Him. Okay, as you grab a seat, can you find a Bible? Can you find a Bible? You're like, what, a Bible? The things we're meant to read. Okay, if you can turn it, turn in your Bible to Luke 4 verse 18. And the reason why I actually want you to turn there is simply for this reason. Because I believe God has given me, and maybe it's just for me, for you guys, but I believe for us, a scripture for 2023. Hopefully, for so many of you, this won't be a new scripture. But Luke 4, verse 18, goes like this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed Church Unlimited. He has anointed every single one of us to preach the gospel to the poor. Not to the poor and needy, although they are included, but to the poor because they have missed out on the spiritual freedom that is only found in Jesus. He has sent us to heal the brokenhearted. Do you know somebody who's brokenhearted right now? Can I tell you? The statistics from the, the secular world tells us that our world is full of people who are brokenhearted, who are lonely, who are depressed, who are de- in such a dark, dark place. They're hopeless. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Man, if you can't see that the devil has captivated so many people to, and the recovery of the sight to the blind, to to set at liberty those who are oppressed. That's what we're called to do, church. We're called to do all of those things. This is what Christ was saying He was called to do, but I believe this is what Jesus is saying to us. We're anointed. We are anointed to tell people the good news, to set them free. But then I also love verse 19. And it says, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Or another version says that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And I believe I want to declare that over us as Church Unlimited Whangarei. That God's favor and blessing is going to come upon this place. That he's going to anoint us. But not, not because we want his favor and his blessing. But as we start stepping out to doing what he's called us to do... He's going to release that favor and blessing. See, because he wants us to walk under an open heaven. He wants us to see lives changed. And I believe that as we actually hopefully dwell on this verse, go, okay, God, what does that mean for me? What does it mean for me to live this out? Then we're going to see some amazing things. So I want to say this morning, 
if we can grab hold of this verse, that, and this is the title of a very brief message that I'm going to share, is that it's time for a fresh start and a fresh focus. And I want to be honest, last year, 2022, it was a tough year. I pray I never face another year like it. I, I really actually genuinely do. I pray I never face anything like that. I was joking with uh, somebody who was about, who's 90 and who's been part of Church Unlimited for over 30 years. And I said, there's no way we can have another year like that. And then I thought, hold on. Surely, Jesus, there's no way. But anyway, I'm saying that right now, it's time for a fresh start and a fresh focus. And why? Because that's what God wants to do. That is God's heart. Now, if we look at some interesting people like Mark and Peter, you're like, why do these guys go together? I'll explain it in a moment. They all needed fresh starts. Now, I've got a couple of trick, kind of trick questions that I just want to ask you before I get into it. The first question is, do you know who wrote? What? No. Which one? Yeah. Yeah. What was the first gospel to be written? You're all thinking Matthew. What is actually Mark? Mark was the first gospel to be written. Why are they in that order? I don't know. But the next interesting question is, do you know who wrote the book of Mark? You're like, Mark did, didn't he? Well, according to theologians, and I'm not one, but according to theologians, Mark did write the book. He was the one sitting in the cafe in front of the laptop typing it all out, right? But do you know who was actually telling the story? It was Peter. Because the Gospels are a first-hand account of what Jesus did in his lifetime. So Peter was there with Mark in the cafe. Mark was there typing it out. Can you see it? Can you, can you understand what was going on? But what I love about this, we've got Peter and we've got Mark. Now, everyone knows that Peter kind of messed up, right? Just once or twice. Well, also Mark messed up a few times. So if we look at Mark, now this, remember, so Mark wrote this. Well, who was Mark? Well, if you turn to Mark 14, it's on the screen. And it says, a young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus when they seized him. This is at the Garden of Gethsemane. And he fled away from him, completely butt naked. You know, in those days, they had no boxes. This is Mark writing about himself. He, he left Jesus at his time of need and was so scared, he ran away butt naked. But it doesn't just stop there. Then we go into the book of Acts. We find Mark again. This is the guy who wrote the book of Mark. Here, Mark, uh, Acts 13, verse 13, Mark goes on the first missionary trip, you know, the first, very first missionary trip, and they're seeing amazing things happen. Now, I don't know what actually happened. Maybe he got sick of sleeping in a room full of 10 grown men. Maybe his phone ran out of credit, and he had no more money to spend on junk food. I don't know what it was, because he was the young guy there. But whatever happened, maybe he got sick. But all of a sudden, when God was doing some incredible things on the first, first missions trip, guess what he did? He left them and went home. And then we catch up with Mark again in Acts 15, verse 39 and 40. Here, the heroes, the, the first missions guys who are spreading the gospel all around the world, Paul and Silas, they have this massive argument about Mark. Because he left them, and, and Silas is saying, if you know the story, Silas is saying, hey, I've been discipling this guy, Mark. He's young. I know he's a bit green, but I believe in him. Now, I just want to say, I don't know who this is for. It's not in my notes. 
But see, Mark was a young guy. The Bible doesn't say how young he was, but when he fled naked, he was really young. But for some of you, there's some young guys and some young girls in the church, and you've grown up in the church. And you're here, and you're like, oh, am I just getting to be a youth leader, or am I just starting to be part of the worship team just because I've been around? Well, do you know why Mark went on the missions trip? Because literally he was around. He was faithful. See, God's looking for faithful young men and young women. And don't think, I can't do it. Let me tell you, you can't do it. It's okay. But you know, with God, you can do it. So I don't know how young you are, but I think anyone under 30 is young. Is that right? Under si- oh, Okay, we'll take that. So if you're under 60 this morning, this is for you. God has anointed you to go and make a difference. And when the opportunity this year comes, or if it's already come, step into it. Because don't worry, you're not qualified anyway. You're just available. And when you're available, God's going to do something amazing. And I believe it's time for the next generation to keep stepping up and to keep stepping up. But see, what happened there was Mark fled, and he messed up. And then these guys had a massive argument about it, and they busted up. This is the guy who God chose to write the very first gospel. Because why? Because God gave him a fresh start. Because our God is a God of fresh starts. Our God is a God who looks down and says, yeah, you messed up there, and you messed up there, and you messed up there, but you know what? I overlook it all. And this morning, I want to say God wants to give you a fresh start. God wants to give every single one of us a fresh start. Because yes, we do mess up. We're human. None of us are Jesus. We're not perfect. We mess up. And you know what? More than anything, we need to see God looks at us and He loves us. He loves you more than you can understand. He loves you. Pastor Tark actually mentioned this in his Christmas Day message. And it's hard to get your head around it. God loves you, every single one of you, more than He's loved anyone else in history. That's how much He loves you, because He loves you as much as He loves anyone. And it doesn't matter what you've done. Because you cannot earn that love. You cannot earn that forgiveness. You cannot earn that grace. And that's the story of Mark. Mark messed up. He messed up a time. He messed up three times that he's recorded himself. But then we've got this guy, Peter. And of course, Mark and Peter, they write the very first gospel. Now, you know the story of Peter. Most Who here knows the story of Peter? He was a bit like us, right? He was a fisherman. He goes out and he's doing his thing. But we catch up with... Uh, Peter in Luke 5. And this is the very first time that we find Peter. Now, Peter's heard about Jesus from his brother. And his brother's told him, hey, this guy, Jesus, he's the Messiah. He's the guy we've been, we've been praying for for years. And he's, and he's going, I don't believe you. I don't believe you, brother. You're just making it up. And so what's happened? Peter's been out all night fishing. Can I just say, if I was Peter, I'd find another career. Because he was bad at it. But anyway, so he's been out all night fishing. And how much did he catch? Nothing, okay? So then Jesus comes along. Jesus goes, hey, Pete, I need your boat because I've got no PA system and there's a whole lot of people. If I jump on your boat and go out to sea a little bit, I can preach and they'll hear my voice. And Pete goes, okay, well, but the boat's been no good for catching fish, so why don't you use it? So what happens? You've got to picture this. Okay, in Auckland, this, this made sense. But see, Pete, 
He's there in his Auckland Warriors jersey because you can't wear that in public. You can only wear it fishing if you understand sport and you know what I'm talking about. But he's there. He's in his Warriors jersey. He rows Jesus out and he sits in the boat and he listens to Jesus. And he's listening to Jesus preach and he's going, hey, this guy's not too bad. Actually, if he preached every Sunday, I might actually turn up to church because he's pretty good. And man, when he prays and when he talks, it's like he actually knows God. I really like this guy. So Pete's going, hey, this is pretty crazy. And then all of a sudden, now, just if you're following in the notes, it's now on on Luke, Luke 5, verse 5 and 6. Jesus gets personal, and he turns to Pete and goes, hey, Pete, I want to go fishing. Now, here's something really interesting. See, in the lake of um, Galilee, where they fish, where Pete fishes, they fish at night. And how they fish is they, they've got these flat-bottom boats, and they light uh, lanterns, because there's these fish called tilapia, and how that works is the fish are way down deep in the sea, and they come up, and they see the light, and the light attracts bugs, and so the bugs are flying around the boat at night, and so the fish, tilapia, they come up and grab the bugs, they're attracted by the lanterns, and they throw the nets out. So of course you can't do that during the day, because there's no lanterns to attract the bugs. But Jesus turns to Pete and goes, hey Pete, I want to go fishing, let's go fishing now. And Pete's like, now, Jesus, I know you understand the Bible, but you don't know anything about fishing. Hey, town boy, this is not going to work. But because you said it, I'm just going to go and do it. So what does Pete do? Oh, okay. I don't think it's going to work. He's got zero faith. But he rows out deeper, and we know what happens. He throws the net out. And all of a sudden, the fish that were not there last night start catapulting themselves into the net. Why? Because Jesus is a better fisherman. But anyway, in that moment when the nets get totally full of fish, what does Pete do? He falls down. He falls down in the bottom of the boat and goes, depart from me. I'm a sinner. I'm a filthy man. I didn't recognize you, but now I see that you're the Christ. And then Jesus turns to Pete. And if it was 2023, he'd say this, Pete, I don't judge you. I don't condemn you. But I want to change your Facebook status. Because you're not going to be a fisherman anymore. You're going to be a fisher of men. And for some of you today, you need to hear that you're going to keep your jobs. But God is calling us to be fisher of men. He's calling us to go out and make a difference. But it doesn't end there. Pete then spends three years with Jesus. He's one of the closest three to Jesus He spends his whole life, and then we get to the week before the cross, and Jesus puts his towel around his waist, and he bends down to wash the disciples' feet. And Pete says, don't do that, Jesus. You can't wash my feet. And in that discussion, Jesus says to Pete, look, I'm going to do this, and I know you think you're amazing, but you're actually going to deny me three times. And Pete's like, that's never going to happen. And then remember, the book of Mark was written by Mark, or typed out by Mark, but it's actually Peter's story. Well, look what it says. And that night before the rooster crows, then Peter began to curse and to swear, I do not know this man. Then the rooster crows a second time. See, these people who all around go, oh, that guy Peter, the fisherman, He can't have been with Jesus because there's no way somebody who's got a potty mouth, who swears that much, could have been around the Prince of Peace. And 
when Jesus, his friend, our Savior, is in so much need, he abandons him. Man, we're like Peter. We mess up. We do the wrong thing. And then we feel so guilty. Or things happen in our lives and we feel like, man, I just things are just not going right. God, are you even around? But then I love this part of the story. Jesus dies on the cross. He rose again. A week and a half later, Jesus goes. And this is what you need to hear. Jesus goes to find Pete. And what's Pete doing? He's fishing again. And guess how much he caught? Nothing. See, Pete's messed up. And like a typical bloke, he just goes out and does his own thing. But Jesus turns up. And Jesus calls out to Peter. And he tells to Peter, Hey, Peter, throw your net on the other side, on the right side, the Bible says. And deja vu, what starts happening again? Fish start catapulting themselves in the boat again. And you're like, why are you telling me this? See, because it doesn't matter that Peter denied Jesus three times. He still loves you. He still loves you. He still looks at you and says, I choose you. He still looks at you and says, hey, even though you messed up like Mark, I'm still going to get you to write my first gospel. Peter, even though you denied me in my moment of need, even though you turn your back, even though you keep messing up, even though you keep struggling, even though you feel so hopeless or you're battling with sickness or whatever's going on, I still love you, I still love you, and I still choose you. And that's what he's saying to get today to all of, every one of us, and I'm going to give you a fresh start. But not just one, I'm going to keep giving you a fresh start. I'm going to keep giving you a fresh start. It's really interesting. We're going to come back to that story in a moment. But 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. That's not just once. That's whenever you need it. Whenever you need it, Jesus comes and goes, I forgive you. I give you a fresh start. Now, this isn't a license to go and sin. But this is an understanding that that's what Jesus does for us. He keeps looking at us and goes, I choose you. I need you. It's really amazing that in Jonah... You know, when Jonah runs away from God, Jonah 3 verse 1 says, And then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. I believe some of you are needing to hear again. And this is just a thought that just comes to me. Some of you have had dreams and you've had visions from God. God's going to bring them back again. Even right now in this moment, he's bringing things back to your mind and saying, No, they haven't gone. I'm bringing them back. A second time. Those things that you felt from me, I'm bringing them back again. And it's time for a fresh start. Not because it's a new year. Man, new year changes nothing. It's really weird. We celebrate it, but it's just the same day, next day. But God wants to do something different. And I, I know I'm speaking to people right now. God wants to do something different. And that dream is coming back. God's bringing a dream back. But you know what's amazing when we catch up with Pete? Jesus comes to Peter, and can you capture this? He, he's just seen Jesus there on the shore. He's, he knows he's still so sorry about denying Jesus, and Jesus comes to Peter, and he's having this conversation, and he asks us this question. Jesus goes, Peter, do you love me? And Peter goes, Jesus, you know I love me. And then he says, what? Then feed my sheep. And then the second time, I'm like in the same conversation, Jesus goes, 
Peter, do you love me? And Peter goes, you know I love me. Then feed my lambs. I think it's the order it goes. And then a third time, and by this time, Peter's getting a bit annoyed. He's like, Jesus, I've already answered this twice. Do you love me? And Peter's like, you know, I love you. I'm sorry. And Jesus says the third time, you can feed my lambs, feed my sheep. And you're like, why? Why does he do that? Well, I think some of us need to get this revelation. It doesn't matter whether you deny Jesus three times or 300 times. Jesus is going to come to you that many times and ask you, do you love me? Because he's going to wipe them out every single time, every single moment. Every time you get a fresh start, you just got to keep coming back to Jesus. And see what, you see, what you need to see is from Mark and from Peter, to get a fresh start, you just got to be willing to keep coming back. For so many of us, we mess up or something happens and we run away from Jesus. No, we need to be like Mark and Peter and run to Jesus and keep coming and keep coming. Do you know why? Because there's nothing you can do that's going to stop Jesus from giving you a fresh start. As long as you're willing to come back and repent. But see, in that moment, not only was Jesus giving Peter a fresh start, he was also giving him a commission to say, look at my people. Go and be the leader of my church. Even though you've denied me, even though you've messed up, even though you keep doing silly things, even though you keep saying the wrong thing and doing the wrong thing. And see, I feel that there's something that we need to see. It's not just a fresh start, but it's a fresh focus. It's a fresh focus on the fact that it's about people. It's about feeding people. It's about caring for people. It's about back to Luke 4. It's back to the fact that we are called to share the good news. And there's this Maori uh, proverb that, that goes something like, and some of you will have heard of it, um, he tangata, he tangata, he tangata. It's the people, it's the people, it's the people. It's about people, church. It's about us connecting with Jesus and then going and being there for the people around us. It's about seeing the need in our world, about seeing the need in our schools. It's about seeing the people who are hurting in our workplace and knowing that not only do we get a fresh start, but Jesus wants to give the fresh start to those around us. It's about seeing that need. It's about saying, hey, I see that. I see what's going on. But we can't see that need unless we've first got that fresh start. And I know this morning, so many of us, there's things that have happened. Maybe, to be honest, maybe people inside the church have hurt you. Well, you know what? If you come to Jesus, he wants to give you a fresh start. Maybe there's things that have gone on that stopped you from really connecting with Jesus. Today, it's a fresh start. It's not about the new year. It's about what God is saying. And if the band could come back up, I feel we just need to allow God to move. We need to allow God to come and give us a fresh start. Whether it's a fresh dream, whether it's a fresh focus, whether it's ability to leave some of that past behind, Maybe there's stuff that happened in 2022 that you need to leave there. There's no way Peter or Mark could have really had a fresh start if they kept bringing up the wrong things they've done. But you know, when we have a fresh start, something changes in our lives.